Today, we are welcoming new members to TFRC, those who will declare that Jesus is their Lord and Savior and make a commitment to TFRC. And so today is a big deal for us. Um, and receiving new members is a good time to take a look and just see, you know, what kind of community are we? Um, how many of you have ever done the Parade of Homes? Parade of Home people, okay. Um, you know, the Parade of Homes is when home builders kind of showcase their work. Uh, builders, they finish a home that they're working on, and they put it in the parade, and then anyone who wants to be a part of the parade, uh, they just simply walk through those newly built homes. I haven't been on one for a while, but they are fun. Going into new homes, seeing, you know, the new creative layouts. Uh, for me, I love going into the larger expensive homes, you know, uh, with the giant master bedrooms, um, the sweet master bathrooms with, you know, your jacuzzi tubs and your large walk-in showers. Um, I also really like to see in those homes, you know, your elaborate entertaining game rooms. Um, it's just so much fun, so much fun, until you have to go home. <laughs> go back to your old boring home, right? And then you realize that you spent the entire afternoon breeding discontent, you know, because before you left, your house was great. Maybe a few little things here and there, but for the most part, your house was great. And then when you're done with the parade of homes, your house needs a lot of work. Um, what I would like for us to do is to see what kind of community TFRC is. And I want us to do that by having each of us just kind of look at ourselves. This is, I don't want this to be an exercise to judge everyone else and everything else about TFRC, but rather, this is just an exercise to see how each of us are doing. More of an introspective look. Um, because the community of faith is dependent upon each of us who are a part of it. So rather than looking at the homes of others and judge them, let's just evaluate our contributions to this community. And we're going to um, look to see how those in the early church practiced their faith and use that to challenge each of us. And it might, when we do a compare and contrast, it might breed a little discontent in us. That's okay, all right? The scripture for this morning is um, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles or on your phones. Um, Acts is in the middle of the New Testament, um, right after the first four Gospels. It's not in the middle. It's towards the beginning of the New Testament, right after the first four Gospels. Uh, this particular passage is a classic passage from Scripture. It's one that is often looked to for a picture of the early church uh, shortly after Pentecost. Um, Acts 2, 42 to 47, that reference, is actually etched into the middle tile of our octagon. Um, it's a foundational passage for us. Our scripture reader this morning is one of our new members, Janet Peacock. So Janet, please work your way on up to the podium. As she does so, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. We read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives, and we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so Janet, whenever you are ready, please read from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Janet, thank you very much. You may be seated. So just as homes are listed for sale to see where you want to live, we just want to do a TFRC listing here. Um, Again, each of us make up this community called TFRC. What kind of community we are is based upon how each of us practice the faith. The members of the other church committed themselves to certain practices. And so let's use this as as our measure for our, you know, personal inventory. Now, the first thing that the passage says is that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Devoted to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching was their only source to the words of Jesus. Now, the Gospel of John says that Jesus was the Word. And Jesus himself said, "Um, I have come to fulfill the law, the words of the Old Testament. So whether you wanted to hear what Jesus taught or a solid understanding of the meaning of the Old Testament, you devoted yourselves to the apostles' teaching. For us today, the apostles' teaching comes to us in the Bible. So the more we read the Bible, the more in tune we are with Jesus. Now, I can hear what many of you are already thinking. Yes, Pastor Chuck, we need to get into the Word more. Well, yes, we do need to get into the Word more, but that is not the end goal with the Word of God. Getting into the Word more, that's not the end goal. The end goal is not getting you into the Word more. The end goal is getting the word into you more. Us being in the word is a part of that process, but it's not the end goal. The end goal is getting the word into you. Um, Now, one way of getting the word into us is memorization. And I can already hear, okay, man, I don't want to do that. Look, I love what someone once taught me about scripture memorization. You spend a couple weeks however long it needs to take to memorize a verse or a passage, depending on your ability. And then however long it takes you to memorize it, after you have it memorized, let it go. Stop actively trying to remember it. Once you've got it memorized, you're done. Because after you've memorized it, it is in you. And then when you need it, the Spirit of God will bring it back to you. I have often been in situations, and then a scripture comes to mind, and that scripture will give me guidance in what I should do. Now, obeying that guidance, (laughs) that's another topic. But when the Word is in you, it will come to you when you need it. So obviously one question is, well, how many times per week do you read the Bible? But what I would like us to focus on is when was the last time you memorized a verse of Scripture? The goal is getting the Word of God into us. The second thing the early church was committed to was what's called fellowship breaking of bread. And that is a reference to corporate worship like we are doing right now. And why do we come and worship together? Lots of reasons. I'm just going to focus on one. By gathering together regularly, 
we develop a common experience, a common worship experience. Now, when we were kids, or for those of us who are parents, I just want you to think back. Um, what is it that you guys did or currently do for family vacations? You know, do you go camping? Do you have a cabin? Do you do road trips? Um, do you return to certain destinations? What did that look like for you either as a kid or what you did with your family if you were a parent? You see, those family vacations, whatever they were, gave you a common experience, and that common experience bound you together as a family. For my family, as Shannon and I raised our kids, our destination was Disneyland. We liked to go to Disneyland as often as we possibly could. We made countless memories with our kids there. Now, I have two kids in college, one's a senior in high school, and you know what we did for our family vacation this past summer? Disney! We did. Why? Because it's not just the memories. My grown children love going there because it is a part of who we are because of all of our common experiences there. Those common experiences ingrained it in us. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Last year at the beginning of COVID, from March to May, we did not have any in-person worship services. And then we held our first one after like eight weeks or something like that. And again, and there was still a lot of uncertainty. We had about 100 or 200 people in the room here. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but it wasn't more than that. But that first week back, I will never forget that feeling. Something just felt right about it. This is what we're supposed to be doing. It is a part of who we are. Now look, everybody came back at their own when they were comfortable. We didn't all come back at the same time. For some, it took weeks. For some, it took months. And that was fine. But what my experience was is every time somebody came back for the first time, and this happened to me for a long time, people would come up to me and would say, hey, it's my first time back here, and it just feels right to be here. Years of common worship experiences have ingrained this bond in us. How often do you attend Sunday worship? Because the more we attend, the more it's ingrained in us and the more it binds us together. Now, the next item on the list in verse 42 is prayer. Again, lots of, reason to pr lots of reasons to pray, many benefits to prayer. The one I want to focus on is prayer makes you aware of God's presence. It connects you with God's presence. The Bible says to pray without ceasing or to pray continually or never stop praying or praying constantly. It depends on what your translation says. But we can't live life with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. Can't do that. So what is up with the instruction to always be praying? Pray without ceasing. Well, God is always present in our lives. Everywhere we go, God is there. So in every situation, even if it's as simple as a quick prayer, like God, give me guidance on what I am doing right now, in every situation when we pray, it acknowledges the reality of God's presence. 
And the early church needed to be reminded of God's presence, and quite honestly, so do we. We live in a world with a deep sense of loneliness. There's all kinds of studies and reports. We have never felt lonelier than we do today. The reality is we are never alone. God is keenly interested in what is happening with us in every moment and is always with us. So on a scale of one to 10, how often are you aware of God's presence? Going on to verse 43 of the passage, it mentions the awe of the people as they saw wonders and signs. Now, when we read this passage, we think of miraculous healings. And honestly, that's probably what this passage is referring to. People experience the miraculous. And I wonder what that would have been like. This person gets healed, and that person gets healed. This miraculous sign happens, and that wondrous thing happens. I just wonder what that would have been like. But signs and wonders are not about putting on a show. They're not for our amusement. The importance of signs and wonders is they tell us God is actively interested in your life. God is actively interested and involved in your life. Now, make no mistake, God is not necessarily trying to help you attain your goals. God's activity is more likely trying to recruit, recruit you to attain his goals, okay? But God's activity still produces awe. Um, when I was in college, a friend of mine had a Jeep. And sometimes while driving around, he would find a place to go off-roading, often in places where we shouldn't go off-roading. Um, and uh, we were driving one time over this bridge that went over railroad tracks, and he says, hey, let's drive down this hill there and let's just drive on the tracks. We had driven over that bridge dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Never, ever, ever saw a train. Never train on that tracks. And he says, let's go down the hill. Let's drive down the hill, a little off running, get down the hill. And let's just drive on the tracks for a little bit. And so we start going down the hill and we're almost to the tracks. And he just stops. And he said, this isn't a good idea. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, you're probably right. And so we backed up the hill, and it took some doing to back up a relatively steep hill. Um, so it took a minute or two to get back to the road. But we got back to the road, and you could probably guess, we heard the sound of a train and saw the train go under the bridge. And we both said, thank you, Lord, <laughs> at the same time. God is always at work in our lives. When was the last time you noticed? When was the last time you noticed God at work in your life. The passage goes on in verses 44 and 45 that the believers shared things in common and gave to those um, who had need. Sharing in common. Now, as a community of faith, TFRC is very, very generous. As individuals, you are very, very generous. So please do not hear this as an indictment on your generosity, you are generous. Rather, I just want to remind us that sharing things in common, when we share our resources with one another, and I am focusing specifically on where, when we share with one another inside the community of faith. When we do that, it connects us together. Sharing our resources connects us together. 
You have heard me say before, at least some of you have, that our stuff, our finances, our things, the stuff we own, that stuff is an extension of us. It's why when someone breaks into your car or breaks into your house, you feel violated. And you feel violated and nothing happened to you. It happened to your stuff. The reason we feel violated is because our stuff is a part of us. So when we share our resources with one another, it connects us together. And I feel this all the time. If I give to someone or receive from someone, I feel more connected to that person because we have given a part of us, ourselves, to each other. And the more we do that, the more connected we become. Uh, when was the last time you gave a gift to someone here at TFRC? Or, I didn't put this on the PowerPoint, but it's an equally good question. When was the last time you received a gift from someone here at TFRC? Because every time we give and receive, it bonds us together. And then the last thing I'm going to highlight from this passage is where it says they ate together, eating together. You know, one positive thing about COVID is that it has slowed all of us down, so we have a little more time for relationships. However, the bad news is COVID has isolated us more. So even if we have more time, we've been trained to be around people less. And we even eat alone more. We have things like DoorDash, so we don't even have to leave our homes to get the food we need to eat. Now, for some of us, it's necessary, and I get it. Not judging anyone who needs to do that. But as a larger culture, in the interest of our physical health, we have sacrificed our relational health. And eating together binds us together. Matthew chapter 9 says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Well, I have a question about, for them. Why do the Pharisees care who Jesus eats with? Why does that matter? Well, because eating together back then, and I would argue is still true today, is a sign of acceptance. You only eat with those you're willing to share life with. And so for the Pharisees, sharing life with sinners didn't make sense. But for Jesus, it made all the sense in the world because he knew that by sharing life with them, he could have a greater impact on them. When was the last time you shared a meal with someone from TFRC? Or who is someone new at TFRC you could share a meal or eat with? The passage concludes with saying that the Lord added to their number. And we are about to receive new members into our community. There is something about this community that attracted our new people here. And we want to continue to live into those things so that God will continue to add to our number. And when we think about this list, these uh, six different items that I quickly went through, all these things connect us together. Because if the word is in you and you and you and you and in me, well, that will connect us together more. When uh, we, when you become more of God's presence in you, 
Or when you become more aware of God's activity in your life and me and all of us, when all of us start doing that more, it binds us together. When we worship together more, it connects us more. When we give and receive to each other, it connects us more. When we eat together, it connects us more. We've been talking all fall how the gospel is real and the gospel changes everything. And those truths connect us together. And the more we are connected together, we will move as a church in the faith, into the faith that God has called us to live out. And so before we receive our new members, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand. And we are going to affirm the faith that unites us. And at TFRC, we use an ancient creed to do that. It's called the Apostles' Creed. It's on the screen. And again, we say this, and as we say it together, it unites us. And so let's affirm our faith together, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the worldwide Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.